Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD Guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. So I just wanted to do a short little update. Um, I redid the eggnog recipe that I had just done, um, and it's so much better. Um, so what I did was, uh, and I would recommend for future reference, adding one extra egg so you would use three eggs and I would use a whole cup of half and half rather than a half a cup but what I did this last time I did the two eggs and that half a cup of half and half but when it came to the brandy I added that in at the very last thing so I poured all of the egg mixture into a cup I put the nutmeg on and I drank it and it was all right but I will say that adding I took the cap off of the brandy bottle and I put brandy just into the cap of the the bottle. So I I was using the cap as like a measuring device and I only put about a half of that cap. So a very tiny amount, probably barely a teaspoon of brandy. Whereas the first recipe instruction had me putting in a half a cup half a cup of brandy that's a lot of brandy in my opinion because it overtook the whole thing um so i would just guess that that's probably a teaspoon um one teaspoon or maybe even half a teaspoon of brandy but it came out perfect like i'm i'm drinking it right now and it's really really good and it tastes like eggnog and that's the whole point um i also wanted to add that i honestly feel like even though i've been doing this for just two days really um I do feel like using alcohol as a, a kitchen cooking tool is working. I don't know what it is about it, but I haven't been craving beer or um, alcohol as much, um, which is really interesting because normally on a Friday evening, I would be craving beer. And I know that I, um, I went a good five to six months this past year where I didn't drink at all, I didn't drink anything, and it really was, it was great. Um, but I had someone helping me with that, and that was only temporary, but I, I had somebody helping me, who I won't mention, but it was um, just somebody who was kind of looking out for me, I guess you could say, um, but they only had a, it was just a temporary thing. So, you know, maybe it's, maybe I'm the type of person, again, I need those boundaries, and that person was giving me those boundaries, um, but when you're alone and when, when you're in your most intimate, which is basically being home alone, um, you know, you have to kind of create boundaries for yourself, and so I feel like I finally found whatever it is that it's working for me to, you know, use alcohol as a, cook, a cooking tool. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit curious if that doesn't relate to possibly the dual diagnosis that I mentioned a few podcasts back. I wonder if there's something about complex PTSD in regards to alcohol, and everybody has their own history of how they were introduced to alcohol. Most people I know started drinking when they were teenagers, but I didn't drink until my 21st birthday. But I know whenever I first was diagnosed with complex PTSD, my the woman who diagnosed me, I wrote, I had given her a letter. It was a letter that I was writing to the people who um, 
It was related to the the event, as I call it. I had written a letter related to the event and how I wasn't going to talk to these certain people anymore. And, um, you know, we can't just blame alcohol for what happened. Um, And it wasn't me. It wasn't me that did something regarding alcohol. It was somebody else who did something that they shouldn't have. And everyone just said, well, they they were drinking too much. And I was thinking, well, this is different. This isn't just someone who's drinking too much. Um, you know, this was something really bad. Um, and so, you know, that whole concept of alcohol is the problem, that can be very much skating on thin ice, um, especially if you are enabling someone who's probably going to hurt people again Um, because to me that's what it was they were enabling somebody who's going to hurt somebody um, again you know they're going to do it again Um, and so whenever I showed that letter to my counselor who was diagnosing me with complex PTSD she circled that word alcohol she said this is where the issue is Um, and it was interesting because It really didn't stand out to me as much until she circled it, because she circled it several times. She's like, this is, there's a big issue right here. Um, And I think she was right, because like I said, I grew up with people who were just, they despised it, and they thought that it was the route to um, just a lot of bad things. And alcohol does create a lot of problems for people. But I think if you grow up in a situation like that, where you don't learn anything about it. I said this in the, a recent podcast. Um, you don't learn anything. And eventually you're going to be introduced to it. So how are you supposed to cope with it if you aren't taught anything about it? You're just ignorant to it. So I think it's... I know I've been talking about food a lot and everything. Um, but there's a lot related to cooking, long-term memory. There's a lot related to food... Um, using alcohol in a proper way and and people who go through trauma um, it's all very much interconnected because you can use cooking as a tool a therapeutic tool um, and you can also teach yourself how to um, treat alcohol in a proper manner so it's all it's all very much interconnected um, so I also wanted to say that I just cooked the omelet and that came out really good. I used unsalted butter, and it was really easy to do, and it was really tasty because you let the butter simmer on the skillet, and then you put the eggs on top of that, the mixed eggs, and it was a lot easier to move it around, and it just tasted rich. I didn't put anything in it. I meant to put cheese in it, but I forgot to. Um, But it came out really good and it was easy. I've almost gone through all of the eggs that I bought just the other day. Um, I bought, you know, a typical carton of eggs and they're almost all gone because when I was doing the first eggnog, I um, I accidentally put the sugar in with the egg whites before mixing them. So I had to use a different, two more eggs for that. But it's fun to to learn these things as you go go along. Tomorrow I'm going to make the hollandaise sauce and the eggs benedict. And then after I make that, um, I won't be talking about cooking as much because that'll be the last thing that I was wanting to cook was eggs benedict with hollandaise sauce. So 
um, homemade hollandaise sauce. But that's most of what I wanted to share. Um, I hope this cooking stuff is something that you guys can incorporate into your own life because, and it doesn't have to be eggs or, you know, cooking with alcohol or whatever it is, um, learning to treat alcohol differently. I mean, whatever it is that you want to cook, I always recommend um, having a goal of cooking a whole meal. Um, I think that's really good because you learn about timing and, you know, timing out the side dish that you're going to have with it, timing out when to make the gravy and making the gravy from like the meat sauce. Um, it's all very much a timing game, you know, when to mash the potatoes. Uh, you really have to have it all timed out. And that's really good for your memory, your memory skills. Um, and then in relation to mindfulness, I said this a year or two ago, I'm a big fan of brunch. And the reason is because you can definitely engage in mindfulness with brunch. I mean, you can engage with mindfulness with anything, but I think with brunch, it's almost like a buffet where you can have a lot of different items. And if you write down what each item, like waffles, uh, French toast, strawberries, whatever it is, if you write out what it tastes like and what it feels like, you're engaging in mindfulness. So you're really engaging with the moment. Like you're smelling it, you're tasting it, um, you're experiencing it. And I, I just always have liked brunch for that purpose because I feel like brunch, you can incorporate so many different things in a brunch, like walnuts or oatmeal. There's a lot of different things, bananas. That's most of what I wanted to share. And again, after I make the Eggs Benedict with Hollandaise sauce tomorrow, um, I'm not going to be talking about cooking for a while. Um, but it's nice to have the, the brandy and know that it really wasn't the brandy's fault as to why it tasted so bad. It was just that it was too much brandy. But the type of brandy I bought is just fine because it gives it almost like a little hint of... Um, it almost tasted a little bit cinnamony. Uh, whenever I put the tiny little amount, like the teaspoon amount, into the eggnog this last time. But it's definitely mixed with the nutmeg. And the nutmeg, I'd say, is almost 50% of what makes eggnog taste good. Um, but it was really good. And like I said, I have no interest in in drinking the brandy. I'm not a, I don't like liquor. And so it'll just sit there and it'll be part of an ingredient. And it's really getting me engaging physically doing it is engaging me with it and it's retraining my taste buds to basically respect alcohol in a in a, a way that I really never had before so this is the complex PTSD guy signing off <laughs>